0: Praise the Lord. So today we'll be concluding on the series, More Than a Marriage. And I'll be talking on my marriage nuggets. There are two things specific I want to share. But before then, guys, we need to be more romantic. With all the love songs, somebody just seated. so what's going on there?" And your wife was standing dancing. But at least do the honors. Dance with them. That's one of the major things a woman just needs. Something just be romantic. Just do as I do. If you can't even just if she's standing, be there with her. And for those who are here for the first time or been in church, like ah, why all this love song? It's because it's a marriage month. That's what we're singing. This, all of this song. So it's really long, Ah, now wow, this church. It just a marriage month, and it just exalts marriage and give marriage the place it ought to be. In the world, praise the Lord. So, going into my message for today, like I said, there are two things I want to share. My marriage nuggets. By the grace of God, I've December third, I hope I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make it seventy years in marriage for me. <clears throat> and in all of this, God has been faithful. I want to tell you that hey, it's breeze. it's, breeze. it's not. We've had our challenges. We've had had our ups and and downs. We've had times where things like, we've shared tears. I've made her cry too. She has made me cry. So it's been here and there, Beth. These two things I'm going to share have been, I would say, like the major cornerstone for us in moving forward. In being able to achieve 17 years of victory. Because, like I said, it's just by the grace of God at the end of the day. Praise the Lord. So, the first thing is have a solid foundation. The Bible says if the foundation is faulty, complete from me in our church, what does the Bible say? If the foundation is faulty, what kind of righteous do? If you get it wrong from the beginning, <laughs> it is well with you. If you choose the wrong spouse, it is well with you. Then if you yourself, you're not ready, you're not in the right place, and you say, because my friends are getting married, and you get into it, it is well with you. Praise the Lord. So the first thing it comes to having a solid foundation is we both have a connection and conviction about God. That's the first thing. For, for marriage to be godly and have the best out of it, it must be between two believers who fear God, who love God. I didn't just go to say, I want to get married. I was already pursuing God. I was running after God on my own. She too was running after God. It's in the place, in the presence of God, we met ourselves in school. I was a choir director. She was the member in choir. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. And she was a noisemaker in choir. She always sits at the back. While I'm talking, she's in front, just sitting with her friends. I, I, I want to bring up my pictures. I might speak, but that's on the side. If you you know God, God has been faithful. She would be at the back laughing at me because I have these big boots. You no know, engineering student, you always want to feel. seven so a day, This very big boots, and my neck, my neck was. <laughs> so she's only at the back laughing at me like who is this longy? What is he talking about? And me was like, oh God, stand up. Like, like we became friends. And that's the second thing, the, the last thing I had there. We are best friends. That foundation is key. Apart from the fact that you both have a connection with God. You have a conviction about who God is. The same conviction. Not that hey, there, there is God. And this one doesn't believe in Holy spirit. This one doesn't believe in tight. No. The same conviction about who God is. The only thing that came out is now we are best of friends. Because if you take that out, there are times, moments will come that sometimes you just want to like leave everybody away. But if you have your friend with you, you always want to do life with your friend. Somebody that's always at your corner, 247. Or you can gist with, you can cry with, you can do all sorts of with, and also you can gossip with. You can gist all manner of stuff with because if you take that friendship out of marriage, it's just a matter of time; it will crack. So that's another foundation you need to have in place. I always tell young guys: those who have come to me, ah, I want to marry." Ah, so I see one girl in church. What do I do? I say, first of all, God, let, her be a, let her be your friend first. Forget marriage. Forget that you like her. Leave all of that. Just be friends. Just be friends. There's no woman out there in the world that you can say, I can't. if you can just be friends with, with that lady, it's just a matter of time. Connection will flow. The love will flow. It's just a matter of time. But when you go as a guy and the first thing you're making is, I want to marry you, you've lost that opportunity to be friends. Because everything after that is just really a, a, a career, a show. It's just a show. He said, and if you are so unlucky, you meet the one that wants to really get married, she will put up a show for you. Then after you say, I do, the real person come out. The other thing is, we attract what we have and not what we want. Let me take it. There's a scripture for that to back. Um, yeah, give me Psalm 42 verse 7. We attract what we have and not what we want. The key thing about that is you need to take care of yourself first. If you're not magnetic, you can't get somebody who's magnetic. You can't attract. It's what you have on the inside that will pull that right person to you. Like Pastor M says, we deserve who we get married to. Whoever you're married to, you deserve that person. Because that's what you've attracted into your life by what you have on the inside. So what are the verses you imbibe inside? It's a deep cause unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. (laughs) (laughs) Deep cause what? Onto deep. People of like mind do always attract. Like they say, opposite what? Attract. You all know my wife is that very, very brash and you know it. And be careful if I go home now. But she's that direct person. She, she doesn't have to, she's not diplomatic. She's straightforward. Earlier, when we were married, getting we were dating. One of the feedback she gave me, Guy, you're mad this man. Mm-hmm. That's how direct Ogo is. I said, No, voila. One day I go, you not kiss you. And that's what friends are. You don't get offended. I took the feedback, made the corrections I need to make. But still, that doesn't, ah, move away. Mm. Praise the Lord. So the point here is, you attract who you are. I'm a very, calm person. She's that very person that's all over the place. And for me, that's what I want. And for her, too, one thing I've, remember when her dad asked me, why do you want to marry this? Why do you want to marry my daughter? Even one of her friends, same thing she listens that was the key card about her she listens With all of those all over the place when I say oh god let's talk sit down she will listen so you yourself you need to work on yourself guys not to oh, be a player everything anything, you want to marry a church girl <laughs> see now that church girl is a player you're going to marry it's as simple as that too It's as simple. Yes, you might come like a fox in sheepskin. There's other ladies like that. So just come bear, Get yourself ready on the inside. So you can actually attract the right person. Then another thing too, we both have faith in our marriage. We both have faith that our marriage will work. See, from day one, from day one, I didn't do marriage cancelling no. I was twenty-seven when we got married, she was twenty-five. No marriage cancelling. You tell her how young we are. So we got married. We're living in Sapler. I think I might have shared this in the singles um, conference or so. So where we live, my kitchen, just a small space, then there's a fence, there's another compound. In that particular next compound, they have um, banana trees and everything. So you know such place is a good place to just dump your waste easily. So, kept doing that. Kept doing that. So, on this particular day, a lady came knocking at our door. And as we, t- we just less than a, mile, less than a year in marriage that day, that period. So, lady came in, knocked at the door. And we both came and opened the door. Where well, are my man? That was the question she asked us. And would said, How are you all here? I was like, I'm a man of the house. It's okay. When my man come, Tell her. Say Moon the truth that for say yes, we go tell her. <laughs> See, you just need to have faith in your marriage. And I'll say this for guys, you don't need everything to start. And like Pastor Kay said, you just need a bed. Because in a bed you're gonna have a house. Is it not? Because after you do it, whatever you do in the bed, you need somewhere to cover yourself, is it not? No, you need a kitchen. You need a bathroom. And sincerely, that's how it happened for us. What gave me the impetus to like tell my wife, hey, it is your marriage. So when we were in Saplin, my dad moved into Saple looking for a house. But the house he paid for it took them took him time. Took them time to get the house ready. So while I was ongoing, he had to go and rent another house. So let's leave temporary like a two bedroom. Like, six months down the line, that house got ready. And I moved out from this two-bedroom into that other one. So I had a two-bedroom for myself. Once that happened, just to my dad, I want to get married. Because I had a house. I didn't have... The job I have right now wasn't in view at all. But I knew I needed to start somewhere. So you don't need to get everything to start. There are a lot of things you're missing, young guys. That you want to get, you are a lot of things you're missing, because when you get into marriage, see, when I got married, was the next day I applied for this job and I got the job. Like I said, it wasn't in view. He that finds a wife, what finds a good thing, he goes over to what obtain favor. It gives me a backing to get favor that whatever I do. I collect that favor and put it. Then the last one there. We see our differences as complementary to each other. We don't nag at our differences. you hey, you do the talk. talk. There's some fights. I know I can't fight. I just need to tell her. This person, do this, do, do, do this. She knows what to do. Okay, please. We utilize our strengths, but we don't be, we don't fight about it. We don't make a big deal. I understand that I can never be like my wife, no matter what it is. She grew up in Port Harcourt. I grew up in Wari. In University when I I grew up in Warri. You, because I was so different from every other guys that from Worry. But we utilize our difference, make it work for us. We see that's complementary. So, in looking out for a spider, that's stuff You want to look at what are the things that makes us different? Can I manage it? Can this what she's doing help me out with this? Find way to make them work for you. Praise the Lord. Okay, let me just read a second scripture. Then I'll move to the second thing. Uh, get me 2 Corinthians 6 14 to 18. This is just established the very first point we talk about. So we both have connection. And same conviction about God, he says, "Prefer get me the." Okay, let me just go with this. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship as a righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion as light with darkness. And what are called as Christ with bilia, or what as part believer with unbeliever. So let me read what I have here. Don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership. That is war. Message transition, I believe, has that. When you make partnership with somebody you know that is wrong, it doesn't have the same conviction with you. You guys don't think alike just because she's fine. She has all the figure. It's everything. You feel, oh, I want to go here. <laughs> now you're dead. You're planning for you can't make a partnership out part of that. No matter how you do it, you mix water and oil, they can never mix. They might look alike, but they will never mix. So you need to understand that from the very beginning, guys, and for you ladies. Not say because of one man, man, I want to get my. No! Keep your standard. Particularly, keep God's standard. It is light base, it's light's best friends with dark. Does Christ go strolling with the devil? Do, not tr- Do trust and mistrust hold hands. So, this foundation is key. Because if you have this foundation right, I'll tell you, no matter what life throws at you, you're sure that you will not crack. If you can get the foundation right, you're sure that you will not crack. Oftentimes, when marriages begin to fail, there is a crack in the very foundation of it. Because if you know you're going to spend 30 years, 40 years with that person, can the foundation you have right now actually build, carry fourteen years, a 14-story building? That's what like it is. Except you're planning that after five years, you're going to ditch. Then you can go with the foundation you want if I'm going to raise up an IRIS building in civil engineering, Sharma, help me out a bit. If I'm right, if you're going to raise up like a 14- or 50-story building, you need to go almost like about almost 20-story down, even 10-story down to carry that weight. Your foundation needs to go that deep into the ground because you know where you're going to. You know what you want to accomplish so for the young ones, get that foundation right. It's not a flimsy thing of "I'm done." Mm. It's not I'm done. I think that's the other option that I didn't talk about. There are no options to be considered. Adam had none. If you go into marriage with an option, you utilize it, like it or not. Just imagine you are Adam with all everything he did. Now you have to leave Eden and start hustling. What's the next step you want to do? It's a fight now. It's a fight. And not they marry again. See you. Where you know they listen. You know they stay in one place. You did it. But what did Adam do? Let's read Genesis. Do you know the Bible is so explicit, Genesis 3, verse 24. I think the last verse in Genesis 3, yes, 3 verse 24. Put it on the side screen for me. So he drove up man, this is after the f- what has happened, and he placed and he placed at the east of the Gideon cherubims and flaming sword, which he turned away to keep away the tree of life. But basically, he drove them out, out of what Eden. Go to verse 1 now, chapter 1. Chapter 4, verse 1. What's the next thing uh, Adam did? Life continued. He enjoyed life with his wife. There was no option. And that's the next step I want to talk about, conflict resolution. Adam, didn't go fighting, complaining. Let's make the best out of this situation. Like I told you, not because we are perfect, we've had our issues, We've had our issues. But the key thing is this. If we can talk about it, we can resolve it. That's foundational for both of us in our marriage. We've tell ourselves over and over, if we can sit down to talk about this issue, we can resolve it. No matter how big that issue is, if both of us can actually sit down amicably to discuss that issue, we resolve it. Like you say, a problem we're defined is a problem I have solved. In talking about it, gives you the opportunity to break down and say, What is the problem? In married, we've had a series of partly the first few years. And over time, I, I when I look at the pattern of our issues, it goes back to, I thought you said this. And I've asked myself, if that's the issue, then why not we spend time from the very beginning? To start discussing it. Rather than go back here, you do this, you carry face, you do all of that. So the next foundation of this second nugget is simply this. If we can sit down, if we can talk about it, we can resolve it. Praise the Lord. Give me Matthew 18, verse 15. Ignore you. Let me read what I have here. He says, If another believer sin against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. Jesus just guys, aligning how to deal with issues. The first thing he talked about is what? Go and what? Talk about it. He didn't say go and keep malice. He didn't say go and carry face. He didn't say go and suck. It says, "What? Call the person. Let's what? Talk. And in talking, the other person's responsibility is to what? Listen. Hear your partner out. Hear your spouse out. Truly listen to what the person. Don't be a defensive listener. That's the key for us. And for us as couples." My wife is that one, she's she's better now. She doesn't want to listen. Whether she's right or wrong, she doesn't want to listen. She wants to take her position. And for me, one thing I've learned my marriage, if it's poor. spoil, all of us are affect. So one person has to watch, take the other leap to ensure it works, it works. Whether I'm right or wrong, I go and say I'm sorry. So in the remaining slides, I'm going to show you some steps in what's resolving conflict. Because that's the key thing for us. If you can know how to resolve conflict, these two things, having the right foundation and how to deal with the issues as they come, I'll bet you you're going to have a great marriage. So first thing there, the first response. The part of a conflict is not determined by the person who initiates it, but the person who responds. That the conflict will escalate into a quarrel or into a fight is largely dependent on the response you give. If I tell Pastor Maka something, they worry you. And if Pastor Maka responds, Waka. There's a lucky thing I want to do back. And before you know, two fighting has started. But if he simply says, Bless you, brother, it is possible. Ah, are we not again? <laughs> Praise the Lord. The guy that, that taught me how to drive Gideon in my university, there was something he taught me which is awfully and has helped me. Maybe it lines up with my personality. So when you are in the streets and somebody is driving, is misbehaving, rather than go back, shout, Well done, no. And that's the response. No matter how crazy the person is, that has helped all these de escalate issues. So, your first response is very, very key. How do you respond when your wife misbehaves? How do you respond when your husband does something to you? And oftentimes, as couples, one person initially will do more to only see that that response is sustained. Initially for us, yes, it was mine. Because I was the calm one. But over time, like I said, I've rubbed off on her. So as guys, you will determine how far you want your marriage to go. You determine the pace. You determine how things will. You model how you want things to be done in your marriage. You're the one to model it. You are the one. If you want issues to be resolved quickly, it's you that will model it. I think the book of Ephesians, chapter 4 verse 12, I'm not so sure about that, or 5 12, which is on that key to where it comes to conflict resolution for us in our family, is the Bible says, Let not the sun go down on your anger. I take that literally. And I'll say 80 to 90% of the conflicts in our marriage, we've resolved it that way. That before we go to bed, we will talk about it. We will talk about it. Take this principle. It's not fun. It's not easy. I'm not saying because it's like I'm a see. Maybe just two years you can become pastor. So you not say ah, I pastor, mm, Seventy years of my marriage is about two or three years. I'm a, I'm a pastor. So it's because first of all like I said that foundation, which is. I have my personal relationship with God. I want to honor God. It's not because I just want to make my wife happy. It's not just because I want to be a man. It's not about my ego. It's that I want to make God happy. God says, Let not the sun go down on my anger. So I deal with it. Sit down, I call her, Babe, this, 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 this. Sometimes I not resolve it to the fullest, but we've created an avenue where we can talk. Because you realize that when you sleep over it, then you wake up the next morning. You look know like that, gangan gang. First to greet, you're looking okay. She not greet. Okay, me too. Not go greet. You look like that. Okay, she not greet. You at that bathroom. You see like that. You start you start building layer over that simple thing that happened. But if you simply just go over and talk and greet, we would have resolved it. I like, said, do not sleep over it. Let me be fast a bit. So, the next one is stay connected. I always say, for those who might come to my counseling session, the anatomy of quarrel or anger is to pull you apart. You know, that's a natural thing. Once somebody offends you, what do you want to do? You just want to stay away. And, like I said, do the opposite. My wife, she's like, like I said, she's that very. Once she's in the element, I just go give her a hug, partly from the back. I'll hold her till she calms down. Till she, till she calms down. i just hold her. I'm just there. I'm not responding. I'm not shouting. I'm just there. Hold her down. Just give her that hug. Squishy, loving hug. Praise the Lord. Somebody you stay connected with can never be angry with that person. Give it a try, guys. Some other time, I might, not be, might be in the car, but I've done something or she's angry. I just need to put my hands on her leg. And that's enough to calm her down. <laughs> we receive you very But I'm when you stay connected, it's difficult for someone you're physically connected with to be angry with the other person. The other place you need to establish connection is spiritual. You can't be angry with somebody you're praying for. I think I said that last week here. You can never be angry. You can't go like, ah, I would never, no matter the anger, if you are consistently praying for your wife or your spouse, that love will not go. Praise the Lord. So Stay connected. Both physical and spiritual. And it's not for ladies or for kill me will I address it to ladies now. But let me put it general. I've seen couples who have gone for months and they've not had intimacy. And they feel everything they feel everything is fine. Efty is not fine. It's a sign that something is wrong. It's a sign that something is wrong. And for the ladies, don't take it like, Oh, thank God, he's not disturbing me. <laughs> uh, mm. Please. That's, don't, it's, it's better he disturbs you than to keep you out. You must ensure you have that physical intimacy. That connection is in place. That connection is in place. So don't go and just say everything. No. It's a sign because when you come from marriage cancer, one of the questions I always ask, when last did it happen? Huh? Uh, You know? (laughs) Praise the Lord. So stay connected. Then the other part there, proper timing is key. The sources of a conversation can be maximized if the timing of the conversation is carefully chosen. Pastor Simba could resolve the guy today. They, they, they watch TV. Uh-huh. oh yeah, we'll talk now. That can happen now. Or oh, if prepared well, sweet food, lovely food, and the guy is all ready to eat. Ahem, uh-huh. babe, let's talk. That a jaw killer. Every. See, so the timing is important. And it's both ways for guys. It's both ways. You know she's all tired. She's gone. You know her day was so busy. 10 p.m. Guy. That's not it. Timing is important. Know when is best that your husband is ready to talk. Know when is the best time when your your wife is ready to talk. You are both open to receive. So the proper timing is important. Praise the Lord. Then the next one there: seek for feedback. Understanding can be enhanced if we measure it often throughout a conversation. Understanding can be enhanced if we measure it often throughout a conversation. I'm going to read Mark 8, verse 23. Mark 8, 23 to 25. I'm going to read what I have here. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then, spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said. I see people. but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again. And his eyes were opened. His heart was completely restored. He could see everything clearly. If the blind man did not give Jesus Christ that feedback, Jesus would assume I've done a good job. Even Jesus, our Lord and Master, sometimes didn't get it right the first time. So don't assume your spouse too. They are all magicians. They read your mind. And they could just tell you, do things. No, provide honest feedback. Don't attack their person, their personality. Give them true feedback. You've not done this. I need you to do this. This is how I feel like when you did this. This is it, this is it. In our marriage, there's something I, like I said, it takes intention sometimes to do all these things. Prophet, Nathan's feedback theory. For those of my counselors, I've only said that. It's initially in our marriage, that's the way I can provide feedback for my wife. What's Prophet Nathan's theory? God told Prophet Nathan, go and tell David. After David killed Uriah to take Babashiva, God told Uriah, um, Prophet Nathan, go and tell David what he did was wrong. If Prophet Nathan have gone straight to the king and say, King David, God told me you took another man's wife and you killed the man, and God's judgment is upon you, that guy's head would have been on the on the would have been off from his body. David would have killed him, and God would have justified it with him. But Prophet Nathan understood this that if I go directly giving this guy this feedback, my life is in danger. What did he do? He went to paint a very good story. Ah, King David, there was a man in your kingdom. Two men. One is very rich. He had so many cattle, so many stuff, rams, goats. And there's this poor man. He just had one. The rich man had a visitor. But the rich man, what did he do? He went over and took the poor man's one ram and killed it to entertain his visitor. What well, did King David did? David stood up. Who is that man in my kingdom? I will kill that man. I will do. King Nathan said, said, My Lord, it is you. David already has given what? Judgment over the issue. It was easy for him to accept it. My wife is that person that you give her a feedback directly. Initially in her mind, it was a problem. May I will end up apologizing for giving feedback. So like I said, Rather than be annoyed and the guide I have to find a way, her best to give her the feedback. So for every issues, I find a story to tell her. Babe, this happened. This is this, this. eh, ha. Now say, yeah, 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 yeah. Then I relate it to what she done. Okay, just easy. Find way to give your spouse feedback. The sandwich story is there. Start with a compliment. Give the truth. Compliment again. Find what works for your spouse. But it is the essential you provide feedback. If you're going to stay there for, a, for the long haul, if you're going to do that for the next 40, 50 years, you need to give feedback. And sometimes, too, as your you need to what? Seek for it too. Don't you to say, hey, I'm the guy, I'm everything. Guy, how are you performing? ask your spouse, how am I doing? How are we doing? How am I doing in this area? And like I said last year, I'm going to keep hammering it so until it gets into our head. You don't need to have issues in your marriage before you go for counseling. For every major milestone in your marriage, like five years, ten years, just go and check yourself. That will help you both to understand, okay, we've not done this. What I'm Because the needs of my wife, they want in marriage. It's different from five years in marriage. It's different from ten years in marriage. It's different from fifteen years in marriage. Our needs are what constantly evolving, so it's mine. And for us to have that understanding, we need to what keep what providing, communicating. Yes, providing that what feedback consistently. Don't you to say as it is in the beginning. Say to me, no. A girl of 25 years old and a girl of 40 years old, they think different. Their needs are different. Whether they have children or not, their needs, their perspective, their view of life is different. They will not have children into the mix. It is totally different. So, guys, partly the married ones, you need to be up up to date in what are the needs of your wife. And it starts with you asking, babe. What am I not doing well? Or what areas do I need to improve on? Praise the Lord. Then, Sabina, round up. The last part there is prayer. You need to pray. You need to pray. Prayer is key. Success in communication is more likely when we invite God to be an active participant and guide. We can achieve success in marriages when. When it comes to your yeah, complication, you invite God into it. When you pray about it, before you want to provide that feedback, before you want to tell, discuss this, go back to the Holy Spirit. Pray about the issue. Pray for your spouse. It's a lot easier because God has gone ahead of you to talk about it. Then, in the next slide, Exodus four twelve. By yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. Can you run up a third? A three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. And that's one key thing. Let me explain that. Let me give you some of this definition of marriage. Marriage is described as a triangle with God at the top. The closer each partner moves to God, the closer they move towards each other. The further they move away from God, the further they move away from each other. If you look at the triangle with God at the apex, the closer you get to the apex, the distance with Jesus. That's why you both must have a relationship with God and constantly moving towards God. Because the closer you get to God, the closer you guys get together. But the important thing, both of you must be moving together at the same pace. Because if one person is moving, the other person is behind. You might be hearing God, but be telling you everything to do. But that can be frustrating. When God will give you all the instructions and the other person is fine, he's not even hearing the instructions. So, husbands and wife, both of you need to stay connected to God and move closer. It makes the job easier. It makes it easier. That when I come and tell God, I want to do this, I want to do that, and I'll confirm that, yes, the Spirit has already told me. This is a lot easier to convince. Rather, I want to go and start explaining but when we both are constantly moving towards God, praying for each other, walking, studying, have that relationship with God, it's a lot easier. Praise the Lord. As I run up here, the last slide. Your life is forever altered after you exchange vows before the altar. You need that to sink in a bit. Your life is forever altered after you exchange vows before the altar. In marriage, always say this, let's go to the altar. Is it not? Let's go and exchange. We are excited. <laughs> Do you know where the altar is? It's a place of death. It's a place where the key things. Whatever you place on the altar does not come back. When you sacrifice an animal, does the animal come back? So I need to have that understanding that when you're coming back to the altar, don't expect to say you're going back the same. No. You're a changed person. You are not joined with that person. The Bible says when the husband and wife they leave their family, they become what? one flesh. So when you go out they misbehave, that means they carry your wife body, they misbehave. I need that to sink in. You think because that your mind you you not me. No, 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 no. You are that person that exchanged value, at the altar is not that same person that's going back spiritually. You're forever altered, you're forever changed. See, in engineering, iron ore in its core natural state, what you call iron, the element called iron. If you leave it on its own, it's just a matter of time, it will be attacked by rust. It will become a powder. If you take a core iron ore on its own, the thing you call iron, the elements put it down here. It's just a matter, give it months. It will be attacked by water and air and to become a dust. That's a strong thing. But when you fuse iron, if you fuse carbon into iron. Because what we call steel, And that same thing now, you leave it here, it can withstand the elements for years. And that's what fusing is. That's what becomes one flesh. That when you come together, God fuses you together. That on your own, if you stay on your own, the elements will attack you. If you stay on your own, you can't withstand heat. If you stay on your own, issues of life, we stray you off. But the moment you come together and you stay joined with your wife, with your husband, and you remain in that state, the Bible says one of you will chase a thousand. but two of you will chase, what, tens of thousands. This statement, not so sure if it's verified, but I read it. It says, married men live longer than single men. Yes. The way they explain it, for a married man, the wife always ensure she is right. It takes medication. If he's growing too fat, honey, you're eating too late. You need to exercise. There's somebody who is constantly what pushing him into taking the right decision for the family. There's somebody who's always what he has companion. If i a single guy, Odi, Praise the Lord. Let's read. We're going to just pray. So I need just to have the understanding that the altar is a place of sacrifice. That, repaired, is a place of worship. A place where two spirits are fused to become one. We're going to conclude with this. Give me Matthew 19, verse 4. So, haven't you read? He replied that at the beginning the creator made them male and female. And he said, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his family and the two will become one flesh. So the longer two bear one flesh, therefore what God has joined together let no one separate. Guys, don't pull yourself apart from your wife. I'm speaking more to you guys here by what you do. By your actions, you want to see anger to the boys. You still want to have things. Mm-mm. Your life, like I said, is forever altered. The moment you step out here before God, before the altar, your life is forever altered. You're not the same person. Your choices are automatically limited. Before, it's for you to remain fused, you need to do those things you ought to do. Like the song says, the things I used to do, I do them no more. Tell the things you need to consciously take that decision. Can't be on our We're going to make this our prayer. Zechariah 4, verse 9. I want to speak to the mind, even to you, the single. It applies to all. Zechariah 4, verse 9. Can I have it on the side screen? The hands of a Yomi have laid the foundation of his marriage. His hand will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Make that your prayer. Everybody here. Personalize it for yourself. Whether you're in marriage or not, make that your prayer. That my hands have laid the foundations of my marriage. My hands have started this. And my hands will complete it. I will not destroy my marriage with my own hands. I will not destroy it with my own hands. I will sustain it by myself. I will sustain it by the grace of God. I will sustain it. Everything that is required for me to do, I will do it. I will ensure my marriage is protected and shielded. Father, I will give you praise give me number chapter 6 verse 23 number 6 23 and this is what i speak to every marriage one every marriage year, and for those intending to marry the lord will bless you verse 24. the lord bless you and keep your marriage the Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift his countenance upon your marriage and give you peace in your marriage. And they shall put the name of the Lord upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. Fathers, I have declared over your people, so to be unto them. In Jesus' name we pray.